afternoon, New York, the tri-state, and all of Knicks Nation out there across the globe. I'm your host, Taylor Fuller. This is yet another episode of the Chronicle Podcast. We thank you for tuning in. Uh, Before we get into it, my beautiful girlfriend alerted me to the fact that I incorrectly referred to the Tappan Zee Bridge in regards to Terrytown and the Knicks training facility as the Verrazano Bridge. Um, which actually goes across uh, into Staten Island. Shout out Staten Island and all the Knicks fans there one time. Um, Just wanted to make that correction. The Knicks training facility is most definitely uh, right next to the Tappan Zee Bridge. All right, back to the regularly scheduled program. Your New York Knicks, sporting a 2-0 preseason record, hosted the 1-2 Detroit Pistons at MSG last night. Kemba Walker got the night off for rest only. That's what they said. The newly engaged Derrick Rose started in his place, along with Evan Fournier, R.J. Barrett, Julius Randle, back after the birth of his son Jace, and Taj Gibson at center. For Detroit, very banged up. We're without Cade Cunningham, number one pick of this previous NBA draft. They started Saban Lee at point guard, along with Frank Jackson, Josh Jackson, Isaiah Stewart, and their star, Jeremy Grant. This was the Taj Gibson game, and he started it off strong, taking three out of the first four Knicks shots, connecting on two of them on his way to a strong first-half performance. His fellow Knicks didn't follow suit, with the exception of Derrick Rose, who continued his good juju on the Knicks court after proposing to his girlfriend at MSG the night before the game. The first half was marked by sloppy play and overzealous defense as the Knicks fouled Detroit three-point shooters on three separate occasions. D-Rose and Taj Gibson led Knicks' first half scoring, Derek with 12 on 5-for-7 shooting, including two threes, and Gibson with 10 points and seven rebounds. Randall did have eight in the first half. Um... You know, they, they really stayed in this game due to their continued three-point marksmanship, converting on a respectable 7-for-17 seven attempts. Jeremy Grant led Detroit with 10, followed by Frank Jackson and Saban Lee to give this depleted, Knicks ro- or this depleted Pistons roster a 56-52 halftime advantage. Third quarter began much like the first half with several defensive miscues for the Knicks and some poor shooting, most notably by R.J. Barrett, who after going one for five in the first half, went two for five in this third quarter. Things began to turn around when Julius Randle hit three consecutive three-pointers. RJ followed with an and one to put the Knicks up uh, midway through that third quarter. In a vintage performance similar to all of last season, Randle scored 16 in the third to give the Knicks a five-point lead heading into the fourth quarter. The final frame would see the Knicks use two separate runs, one of 8-0 and 11-0 run, to cement the lead. The defense that began to click midway through that third quarter stymied the undermanned Pistons squad, while veterans Taj Gibson and Alec Burks scored seven each in the final period as the Knicks won final score 108-100. Julius Randle led the way with a monster performance of 29 points, 11 rebounds, and five assists. But this game will be remembered as the Taj Gibson, albeit preseason, game. Ten years Julius's senior, 36-years-old Taj, 
would not be outdone by his teammate, posting 21 points, 9 rebounds, 2 assists, 2 blocks. R.J. Barrett, while his shooting struggled, turned in a solid all-around performance with 12 points, 7 rebounds, and 6 assists. In the start, D. Rose Rose put in 14 points, 5 assists, The Knickerbockers did not have their best stuff, but the energy was there all night, and they found a way to win. Although sloppy at times, they still only turned the ball over 10 times and hit 13 of 33 three-point attempts. A game like this last season would have seen them struggle to score 95, but with that added offensive firepower, they overcame poor play to win easily. All right, let's take a look at the post-game press conferences. We'll start off with Julius Randle, who, when asked about the importance of preseason games, spoke about the Knicks not having their best stuff, but still finding a way to win. Yeah, I mean, every game is geared towards a real thing. Uh, so that's what it's about. Uh, actually happy we had a game like this where we weren't shooting well and weren't in a great rhythm and had to figure it out. Uh, so it's a good test. And, and good for us uh, mentally uh, to get ready for the season. So uh, it was good. It was a good little battle. They played extremely hard and uh, glad how we reacted to it. Coach Tom Thibodeau then got on the mic and mirrored what Julius had said about the game and as struggling in the first half. Got a little more in-depth and technical on it in those first half struggles. Uh, Here's that quote. Well, the first half I thought we, we didn't play well defensively and I thought uh, we got beat off dribble penetration, second shot, poor stance and vision on the weak side, and just didn't play well. But the thing that I liked was the fight in the second half and just find a way to win, just get going. Usually you get your defense going, it'll give you a little bit more rhythm. Uh, Thibodeau was then asked about his approach to preseason. Uh, he's been playing our starters big minutes and really playing our you know, actual rotations, getting them ready for the regular season, uh, how this might differ from other coaches' approaches. Um, and, and he had this to say. Well, and everyone has to be themselves. There's a lot of different ways. I'm not saying my way is for everyone, right? I know my way is for me, and everything matters to me, everything that we do. So... Uh, and I've seen guys that who are very successful that do it another way. That's the, that's the beauty of this game. It's played a lot of different ways. There's a lot of different styles. In the classic Tibbs moment to end his press conference, when asked about the varying intensities of training camp, preseason, regular season, and postseason, whether he coaches with uh, more intensity in those as well, you know, how, how players play with more intensity, and he had this to say. <laughs> No, I'm just a laid back dude. <laughs> to start his post game press conference, Derek Rose was asked about his new uh, engagement. Uh, he had actually, uh, very romantically, by the way, uh, proposed to his girlfriend at MSG, had a nice table setting out on the court. Uh, and he had this to say about that very special moment. Oh, man, it's been. Um surreal you know um i mean it, it, it i mean it's kind of deep just thinking about the garden like being here and everything um it's way deeper than like me just playing here so 
it's a it's a bright light in my career, um, and she ended up loving it. So I really can't complain about that. But it, it's a it's a deeper story to that. Derek then touched on the special performance by his longtime friend Taj Gibson. Uh, you could tell how much, even though it's a preseason game, how much it meant to him to see his his friend succeed. It, I, like I said, I'm proud of Taj for sure. Even though this is a preseason game, that's where you work on your game and catch your rhythm. And to see him be capable out there is huge for our team. Speaking of Taj Gibson and his great performance uh, tonight, he he met with and spoke to the MSG crew after the game and had this great interaction. Uh, a lot of laughs. Taj, congratulations on another great preseason performance. You're 36 years old. You're about to begin your 13th year. Where have you found the fountain of youth? Because wherever you found it, can you please tell us where it is? I really don't know. I, I, I ask myself that every day. I guess it's the, the New York bodega is going to get those bacon, naked cheeses in the morning, I guess. Shout out those New York bodegas. Um, and, then, you know, this performance by Taj, really a testament to our depth. Uh, I look back at those, you know, those those Heat teams with the big three, those Celtics teams with the big three, you know, where you could game plan for their marquee players. It a lot of times came down to depth of, on those teams. It was the Mario Chalmers. It was the Leon Poe's, uh, you know, that that would make a difference game to game. And, and in those deep postseason runs, uh, we can only hope that's the same for the Knicks this season. And it's guys like Taj Gibson that are really going to decide our success. Just like Taj Gibson never fails us, Nick's Twitter never fails us either. It's made a return. I was locked in. I was tuned in last night. I wasn't watching the game on my phone. Had it up on the big screen. It's your favorite section, segment of the podcast. Tweets of the night. Hashtag Bird Gang. Uh, and we'll start it off at Chris Percyinen from Nick's Film School tweeted, that's the most Kevin Knox thing ever. Uh, this was after Kevin Knox uh, had a, a three-pointer that got stuck on the backboard. They call it a wedgie. Uh, just a funny moment. But shout out Kevin Knox playing some solid minutes at Mets 12 If she doesn't like the Knicks, red flag, red flag, red flag. Um from the official at the Strickland uh, uh, Twitter account, Pistons playing basketball and the Knicks haven't caught on yet. Um, you know, just uh, alludes to that that tough start that we had. Uh, special shout out to the at WW Knicks podcast, worldwide podcast over there in Europe. Uh, tweeted, it's 1.38 a.m. here. I need some coffee now. I uh, had a nice interaction with him. Seems like a very nice guy. I think it's a few guys actually involved with the podcast. Um, and the Knicks weren't really giving the fans the energy at that point. Uh, so so he did need some coffee. Uh, finally, to round it out, at JC Macri, NBA, Jonathan Macri, also of Knicks Film School, tweeted, Nice of Julius Randle to remind folks why he was eighth in MVP voting last year. 16 points in a dominant third quarter. You know, just really chronicling that that great uh, effort, that vintage Julius performance that we got last night. As always, if you aren't already, Nick's Twitter never, never, never disappoints. It's the best way to watch the game. 
uh, you know, gets involved. I love to see all the fans and, and how strong Nick's Twitter really is. Um, and if you aren't already, follow at the Chronicle. Um, I occasionally put up some some good tweets as well, and always trying to interact during the game. And now a moment, hopefully many of you have been waiting for. Continue my uh, preseason season previews for different players on the Knicks. And today we put a spotlight on the one, the only, the Maple Mamba, R.J. Barrett. Um, he took a giant leap his sophomore year, uh, boosted his numbers from 14 points a game. His, his rookie year uh, averaged 17.6, 5.8 rebounds, three assists, shot 44% from the field and 44% from three. But more than just his stats, RJ took on a bigger role in his first season under Tom Thibodeau, uh, becoming more of a two-way player and the second scoring option on a fourth-seed Knicks team. That being said, our Knicks at times struggled to score, and RJ was not immune to this. Calling RJ a bona fide scorer wouldn't be accurate. While averaging 17 points a game was solid, his scoring was up and down. We failed to see many high-scoring outbursts. Uh, while unfortunately we were witness to uh, poor scoring, uh, I, about 26% of the time last year, uh, he scored 30% lower than his season average. Um, you know, while that was the bad, you know, let's look at the good. You know, improved defense, passing, confidence, let RJ contribute to the team in in many more ways than just his scoring. Um, a jack of all trades, master of none, would maybe be fair. Uh, you know, a fair way to explain RJ while looking at, you know, all those individual stats. Um, but it's a huge disservice to his game as a whole. Uh, looking at everything he does as a whole would show you RJ Barrett is a special talent um, in only his second season. You know, so so what about this season? What's the next step for our boy Rowan? You know, second option Second scoring option, I think, really on a good team puts RJ squarely in the forefront for us this season and on the league's radar, uh, you know, for, for all-star or, or postseason accolades. Uh, training this offseason with his trainer, Drew Hanlon, uh, RJ has put in the work early in this preseason. We can see the work is working. Um, if it continues to do so, I think RJ could easily be an all-star if he mimics his leap from rookie to sophomore year. You know, that's the ceiling for him right now. While his floor has undoubtedly been raised with things that he's added to his game, again, looks to be improved confidence, improved shooting, uh, and, and, and definitely more playmaking ability. Um, in big minutes and big opportunity, I see RJ's numbers improving across the board. Um, and while he may never be an elite scorer, I do believe he can become an elite player. Um, you know, I think 20 points, seven boards, four assists is not out of the question at all for RJ this season. And uh, we hope to see that continued improvement. As Knicks fans, we will undoubtedly defend RJ uh, at all costs, um, you know, he's been left off of a lot of, uh, you know, top player lists and left off of that rookie team, uh, absolutely underrated and frankly disrespected um, for the level of play that he's brought to this team and to this league. 
As we all know, practice makes perfect. We like to keep you up to date with news out of training camp and those post-practice press conferences. Um, as many of you know, up there in Terrytown, the Knicks have a, a three-color scheme uh, for their practices. Uh, blue for the starters, gray for the backups, green for the rookies and, and players out of the rotation. We're going to bring you uh, to a post-game or a post-practice press conference with a man that's on the green team right now, uh, top draft pick from this season, Quentin Grimes, on uh, the adjustment from being obviously a starter in big minutes in college to being you know borderline on the rotation this year with the Knicks and how that adjustment has been. You got to stay ready all the time. Tip preach that all the time. That's just team sport. You got to be ready when you know the call. That's what I try to do. Getting extra work all, all the time every day. And then when I'm like when I'm by myself, when I'm just called, I got to be ready to come in and I'll do what I do when I down shots. How much of an adjustment is that from college when you, you know, you never had to? Yeah, all right. It's definitely an adjustment. Really my first time ever coming off the bench early and then sitting, like you said, 46 minutes. I mean, you got to be locked in. It really kind of got to be locked in the whole game. Can't worry about the rookie showed off, uh, you know, that ability to stay ready in preseason game number two when he obviously uh, hit two three-pointers uh, in only two minutes of play. We touched on that last podcast, but, uh, you know, echoing that sentiment for sure. Tom Thibodeau was asked post-practice um, how to evaluate the preseason and training camp um, and, and said this about it. Yeah, and that's a good question. I think the uh, you know the first thing is evaluate practice, and practice is really important to our team. Uh, so in order to play well, I think you have to practice well, and then does it transfer over into the games? And then you have to also look at the matchups, who's in it in the game for them, uh, and what's transpiring. Uh, and are they making the right reads? Are they seeing the right things? Are, uh, are they executing properly on both sides of the ball? So there's a lot that, to evaluate, in the, and you want the focus to be on improvement. So we're striving for perfection, knowing that we can't get there, but every day try to get better. You know, that's a great quote from Tom Thibodeau. Uh, now, moving on to, you know, something a little lighter, Julius Randle returned to practice this week after the birth of his son, Jace. Shout out to uh, his wife, Kendra, older brother now, Kaiden, and, and the new, the newly father of two, Julius Randle. Uh, this is how his press conference started off with uh, Mark Berman asking him or, or congratulating him. Congratulations. She's talking about Mark. <laughs> Congratulations for what? Did you have a I don't know what that means. What do you mean, Mark? Second. Yeah, I have my son. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah. So that happened. Congratulations. Uh, he's born Friday. Friday. Yeah. So I mean, how is the last few days? Amazing. Uh, amazing. Just to be able to grow my family, uh, to bring our son into the world, uh, for Kaiden to become a big brother, like all that. So uh, it's been a really, really positive uh, past couple of days for sure. Uh, due to the birth of his son, Julius was obviously not present for uh, the previous preseason game against the Wizards, uh, but did say that he watched the game on MSG uh, and had this to say about the viewing experience. Watching it from home, you hear the commentary, you can hear Tibbs' voice. Uh, so I heard a lot of Tibbs screaming up 20 
Right. Uh, you know, and, and that was good to hear from afar, too. So, <laughs> yeah, I enjoyed it. And to finish out our look into training camp, keeping you guys up to date, uh, we got this quote from R.J. Barrett, kind of bringing it back basketball now, X's and O's, uh, and how those those new additions uh, are are working out for him and what he sees this season. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, when you have Kevin Walker driving the ball, people are going to pay attention. You know, you have Julius or Evan driving the ball, people are going to pay attention. And then, you know, oftentimes, um, you know, they're just going to leave me out there, so. Just to give an update, uh, you know, coming out of training camp, you know, we have one more preseason game left and just what this 15-man roster that we'll eventually cut down to is looking like. Uh, you know, we haven't seen the likes of Dwayne Bacon. We haven't seen the likes of Wayne Selden, uh, you know, play in any preseason games yet. We've seen Amir Sims, who we are thinking is most likely going to get a two-way contract, that other two-way contract. We've seen a lot of Jericho Sims, who's on the other two-way contract. Um, but we've also seen a lot of Kevin Knox um, as early as the first quarter um, in this last preseason game against Detroit. Um, but overall, you know, we'll see how these cuts work out. There's obviously been an emphasis on playing the real rotations, playing starters, big minutes. Um, with one more preseason game to go, uh, we hope to continue the positive vibes uh, that, you know, all, all the news out of out of training camp has been so positive that this team is really, you know, building its identity, camaraderie, um, and, and bringing in those those new additions and making them feel welcome. Previewing the Knicks' upcoming schedule, tomorrow night, 7.30 at MSG, the Knicks will face off with the Washington Wizards in our last preseason game. Um, a rematch with the Wizards, we obviously played them at preseason game number two. Uh, got the W. We'll see if that continues um, before opening up the regular season next Wednesday, October 20th at home against the Celtics. Uh, you know, Celtics have had a, a little bit of a COVID outbreak. We'll see who is available for them. Um, but obviously, Jason led by Jason Tatum uh, and Jalen Brown. Next time on the podcast, we'll react to our last uh, preseason game there against the Wizards. And continue our season outlook going into a little preview on our new additions, Evan Fournier and Kemba Walker. This has been yet another episode of the Chronicle Podcast. I'm your host, Taylor Fuller. Thank you for listening as always. Please follow the podcast to stay up to date uh, throughout the next season. Uh, and we'll see you guys next time. Make sure if you get the chance, go out, play some hoops, play some basketball. It really is the most beautiful game in the world. I'll catch y'all next time. Thank you.